Are you ready to take your leadership skills to the next level? Whether you're a new volunteer or a veteran scouter, Wood Badge is for you. Wood Badge is the BSA's advanced training program for adult leaders and is coming to the Cherokee Area Council this fall. Scouters will acquire valuable tools such as listening, communicating, conflict management, project planning, and leading change. All skills that will deliver an improved program and a more meaningful experience for the youth we serve. Additionally, you'll make lasting connections with other leaders from across our council. Wood Badge is a five-day course spread over two weekends, September 8th to the 10th and September 30th to October 1st, held at beautiful Skymont Scout Reservation. To learn more about Wood Badge and to register, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Space is limited, so don't miss this opportunity. Wood Badge, leadership for scouting, leadership for America. The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the scout trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout On Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Howdy. Hello. Glad to be back together. Yeah, it's fun. Especially when Jared doesn't squeak his chair all over the microphone. Hey, I just am glad to be here to represent the Boy Scouts <laughs> Of America. America. <laughs> of America. <laughs> now, now, wait a minute. Are, are you are you making fun of my introduction? I would Maybe never a do such bit. a thing. I would I never would. because because I can do that again if you'd like. <laughs> no. If it would make you feel better. I mean it's over now. But so. I, it's kind of a done thing. Well, I, I was trying no. to be professional and proper with it. And I went brain dead for a second. I'm thinking, okay, now Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Iron Council. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. Well, what's it's a long name. It's a we, long name. He. It was a professional pause. We call those pregnant pauses in radio. It's when well, you, it's when you pause to make a point in your oration. Yeah, but by the time our listeners hear this podcast, our super producer. Big Daddy Kyle will have already edited this podcast. Oh, no, I don't he clean can't up now. anything you say. <laughs> yeah. I only clean up the dumb stuff that I say. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. So uh, it's been a month since we've been together, and uh, what's what's been going on with you guys? Is is this the peak of the scouting season, or are you guys getting it, ready for the peak of the it's, scouting it's, season? It's ramping up, I would yeah. say, right? From, from this point on, it starts to get more active. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you've got winter and we do activities, but generally speaking, there's a lot more unit, you know, troop packs are doing their own thing through about December, January, February, and then March comes and it's, it's almost time to go camping again. Mm -hmm. So we're about Kyle, what about six, seven weeks out, seven weeks out from the, uh, the Cub Scout, the big covery towards the end of April. It's looking super good. I um, got to see a sew-out of the patch that uh, the kids will be getting for it earlier today, and uh, it is awesome. 
Ooh. Yeah. Super fun. Fantastic. And it has a little throwback to Skymon on it, too. Because it's the so, 50th anniversary of Skymon. It is Sky the Mon. 50th Cowboys anniversary. If I recall correctly, in a previous conversation, I don't remember if it was on this show or uh, off this show, and that was, weren't we going to have a Scout on Chattanooga patch? For this show, wasn't that discussed? It was yeah, point. I believe so. What happened to that? Why are you passing the buck yeah, on Jared, that? <laughs> because you're the CEO. Well, the it C- starts and stops with you. Well, here's something I've learned over my my many, 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 many years of scouting professional experience, mm-hmm. and that is the one thing that the scout executive should never do. Is, is accept responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's design a patch. Okay. D- and we haven't designed a patch. So I'll, I'll get with Brent. How about that? <laughs> just design a patch, Kyle. I was going to say. I knew he, let's just, <laughs> let's just talk about that. We've talked about Let, it. Let's get with somebody who can make decisions for the Boy Scouts, yeah. Cherokee well, area council. Well, the decisions are easy, but, you know, I'm not going to be All responsible. All we need you for is to pay the bill. For the patch. Well, I can do that. Yeah, well, see, that's all we need yeah, you for. Actually, no problem. disregard uh, my original comments to you. How about this? <laughs> um, have we talked about Amy yet on the program joining as a membership executive yet? I don't think I don't so. I don't think so. Yeah. So uh, Amy Phillips has joined us as a uh, membership executive along with Barbara. And maybe we should go through her to get the patch so she can see how the process goes. Huh? Whatever you like. Wait, okay. is this as long the lady? As I'm not designing the patch. That works for me. Is this the lady that sent me an email and was giving me all these instructions of all these things I better do by a certain date? Because I, I got an email like that. Had to had to get online and do some things. Oh and no, that was that was probably your registration. Ginger. That yeah. was for your registration yeah. because it was a list of a bunch of things that I've never done before. Well, congratulations. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would like to keep continue to keep that streak going. <laughs> <laughs> That's just less responsibility. You know, oh, I'm with you. I'm 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 looking to get out of responsibility. It's less responsibility I have to do. Sure. Look at him so. talking smack today. <laughs> Sean is kind of spicy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just finally standing you? up for myself on uh, this podcast. Man, and righteous. Wow. Let's go on to our what's up, and what's up is where we go around the studio for all of you out there listening today and we share one thing that's going on in our world it could be anything gives you the opportunity as our listeners to get to know us a little bit better so cowboy kyle what is up with you or cutmaster kyle on oh, this man. show well i have to say um by the last um numbers that i saw it looks like scout on chattanooga has brought a, a beat another listening record for our monthly podcast just this past one that we had with um, Scott Martin from uh, City of Chattanooga Parks and Outdoors. So, looks like we broke another record. So, um, uh, what record did we break? Do you remember the number? I don't remember it off the top of my head. But okay. Was it for for like monthly listens or monthly something? Monthly listens, yeah. Downloads, I guess. Yeah. Well, February was over 900. Yeah. It was almost 1,000. But... Was that released? That was, His wasn't released till March, first week of March. March 1st, yeah. I really, it's a lot. I really enjoyed our conversation with him. Yeah, he was an amazing guest. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. I sure did. So, so anyways, that's what's up. That's a good what's uh, up. What's and, up with you, Sean? Before we move on to me or Jared, is there anything you have for sale right now? <laughs> well, we're all 
They're always selling <laughs> something, Sean. I know. That's any, why I'm asking. Is there anything you have always, for sale? We're always selling the joys of scouting and the uh, youth leadership that it brings to our area. But we are still uh, knee deep in camp card season. See, I told you, Jared. Yeah, so you're gonna, for sale. Yeah, hey, I knew you were right. I knew you were right. Yeah. So we're you're gonna see scouts out and about at Food Cities, Elders Ace Hardwares, um, Tractor Supply, Sport Clips. Uh, you're going to see them all over the place selling cards every weekend. And if you are listening and your unit is not selling cards yet, then you are missing out on uh, teaching that valuable lesson of how scouts earn their way. And Camp Cards is a great way to do that because half of the commission comes right back to your unit to be able to go to summer camp and do fun stuff like that. So so, so my neighbor, Jacob LaCroix, mm-hmm. works remote for ZipRecruiter. Oh, yeah. He is in sales at ZipRecruiter. So, you know, you got to be good at sales. Yeah. You're selling mm-hmm. ZipRecruiter to mm-hmm. recruit people, right? Mm-hmm. So he sells things that recruit people. So he recruits people to recruit people. So he got stopped by some Boy Scouts oh, selling yeah? camp cards. And uh, the story goes, he told me the story, he posted it on LinkedIn. And uh, I guess they, they offered to, you know, hey, we'd like to sell you a card. It helps pay for scouting, all that. And he actually gave him some sales pitch advice. Oh, really? And he said, I'm going to go back inside. Okay, I'm going to get what I need. And then when I come out, hit me with the sales pitch. And depending on how good the sales pitch is, it depends on how many cards I get. So yeah. he comes out and he said he was really impressed that the young man hit everything he told him to do. And so he bought multiple cards. Nice. So I just can, a cool shout out. I can see next year forming a partnership with a used car dealership and letting these Boy Scouts sell used cars because they're a heck of salespeople. <laughs> no, we got to let the Cub Scouts do that because they're just cute. <laughs> I mean, if you can sell that kind, man, you need to. we need to bump up the uh, price tag and no. bring in some higher you know, priced well, items because they can sell anything. Let me tell you, it was the cutest thing ever. This past weekend, we were at Sportsman's Warehouse selling, I think it was. Yeah, our, our Cub Scout pack. Um and one of the kids had his little sales pitch down. And if the people didn't stop, like if they just said no and kept walking, he would literally walk up to the sliding open doors and continue his pitch as they were walking into the store. <laughs> so and he would always end it with, thanks, have a great day. <laughs> you know, and they would be knee deep in the store already. <laughs> <laughs> still throwing Jared, you have out. this funny look <laughs> yeah, on your face. I'm just thinking like, don't oversell, right? Was kind of what I was thinking. Be be firm, be insistent, but maybe don't oversell. Let me tell you though, every time that kid brought one up, brought a customer over to buy one from us, he'd uh-huh. go, I smell victory. <laughs> <laughs> and it was well, good for him. And That's I loved it cool. because uh, every time a car would pull up out front of sports He'd also run over there to me and go, I smell a customer. You got a a lot of smells going on today, don't you, buddy? All right, so Sean, what's up with you, please? Yeah, but but Jared, you'll appreciate appreciate all of this once you look at budgets. And you look at, man, we've got all this income coming in. <laughs> well, it's not about our income. It's about it's, the support of scouting for that's, these that's kids. That's true. That's you know. true. But we all know, and in order to have a successful scouting, we have to have funding. And uh, so, yeah, it, it it all goes together. All right, uh, my what's up? Shoot, we we're up against a break. I'll try to make it as quick as possible. Um. Everyone knows that has listened to this show in the past that I got married last summer 
and Mexico, and I left my the wedding ring for my wife back in the room. We're in the middle of the ceremony. I had to run off the beach, blah, blah, blah. It was one of the more... I forgot all about that. Yeah. And, embarrassing That's an moments. amazing story to remember, though. Yeah, it's, Holy it, cow. it was one of the more embarrassing moments. And the reason I mention that is because I did want to top that, or no. pretty oh close. Boy. So several weekends ago, my, my wife and I, we went to Atlanta for the weekend, and we usually try to go down about once every three months. She loves to get away down there, do a little shopping, and us go have dinner at one or two of our favorite restaurants. So we were doing that. We were running a little bit later than we wanted to be. So it was about noon on Saturday. We wanted to get to one of the malls down there uh, early afternoon. And so she was getting ready to go out the door into her garage to leave. And she had her suitcase in her purse. I said, wait, wait a minute. Don't I'll get that suitcase. And it's a suitcase like you would put in the uh, stowaway and in, in the top mm-hmm. of a plane. So a suitcase that size. A carry on. Yeah. 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 So I grab it. She goes out the door. We get the things loaded in her car. And I thought, well, I need to grab a few bottles of water out of the refrigerator in the garage because we got bottled water and stuff out there in the garage refrigerator. So I did. Well, when I did, I stopped and I set her suitcase down in the garage. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was carrying my suitcase in hers, but I set hers down, put all the water in my suitcase, rushed out there, opened up the hatch of her car, stuck it in there. And away we went. We get to Atlanta. We get by the first mall. Oh, no. We're staying at the Waverly Hotel there near the Galleria. We pull up there at 7. We're going to go in. She's going to change clothes. She wants to get you know dressed up a little bit because we had dinner reservations at 8. Mm-hmm. We pull up. I go around the back of the vehicle, and I'm, I'm telling the speed version here. Open up the hatch. There's my suitcase, and hers is not there. Well, she's standing there as I'm looking, and I, she says, and I like went, I just sort of went into shock. She says, uh, did you put my suitcase in the back seat? And I thought, I thought, oh, gosh, I hope I did, but I know I didn't. <laughs> and so I left her suitcase sitting in the garage next to the refrigerator. So the real, the real question is, did you make her look in the back seat? She did. Oh, no. But I didn't mean, she, she, no, yeah. no. And oh, no. So anyway, she she was, she wasn't furious. She was upset. Uh, but she handled it hundreds of times better than probably most women, especially anybody that I've ever been with. And so, uh, so yeah, we went to Atlanta for a weekend and she had none of her stuff. So we had to go to Walgreens and I spent about a hundred bucks, you know, buying makeup and toothbrush and, you know, all the essentials. And uh, luckily she had picked up an outfit while we were doing some shopping. So she was able to wear that that night. <laughs> she had bought some shoes, so she had that. But the next day she's wearing the same clothes she had wore to Atlanta. <laughs> and and so she, she didn't say anything the next day. Everything was normal. Uh, there was no silent treatments or anything like that. But at one point I thought I should say, you wore that yesterday. Why are you wearing that? But I didn't. I was just going to do it as a joke. But I said, no, 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 I don't need to go that direction. But it all turned out okay. But I felt horrible. I felt <clears throat> absolutely horrible. So any anytime you're going on a trip anywhere, make sure you look out for your wife or your girlfriend first before you do yourself. Because I had everything. I walk in with my suitcase. She's walking in carrying her purse. So that's a uh, short story of mine. Well, that's I, I, I cannot I cannot top that. 
there there is no yeah, story see if you can today. Top, see if you can top that. No, I, I can't. I can't. I just can't top it. <laughs> Except I can say that my eight week old son Jack smiled for the first time at me like two weeks ago. No, so that was cool. You know, that's a pretty good because he hasn't up, smiled. Buddy. You know, does he smile for your wife? I don't know. Maybe uh-huh. he should if he doesn't. Yeah. If he knows what's good for her. I didn't know if maybe she was getting <laughs> I didn't know if she was getting the smiles but you weren't. I don't know, you know. I mean, I'm I'm not there a whole lot, so Yeah. Uh, okay. But uh that was really exciting and so that makes you feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, that sounds like it's really simple, but anyone that has kids will probably remember the first time that your children smiled at you. You know, I was just sitting here trying to remember, but uh man, once you hit 50, you lose a lot of memory. So I, 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 apparently I, I'm sorry I'm sorry that was a suitcase joke is it too soon <laughs> you gotta be like some of that I make a list my of what needs 24. to go in the vehicle like I will make a list of what needs to go in the vehicle and I check it off and as I put it into the, yeah. into the vehicle are we surprised by that Sean that he has a list for what goes in the vehicle <laughs> no that doesn't surprise me at all you know what's funny is at the bottom it just says cherish <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, yeah. but I literally—that's his even, spouse, by the way. I literally listening. even write wallet in there, so I will <laughs> check my pocket to make sure that I have stuck my wallet in my pants before Excuse we me. leave. <laughs> Underwear, shorts, t-shirt, extra gym shorts, <laughs> Cub Scout uniform. All right, uh, gentlemen, we've got to get to a quick break. Uh, Jared, we've got a guest coming up here in just a moment. We do. Corky Coker, a longtime uh, Chattanooga businessman, entrepreneur. And it's got some really interesting stories to share with us. Sounds great. It's time for us to take a quick break. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Greetings, scouts and scouters. Are you looking looking for a great way to give back to scouting? To be on a team educating and entertaining the next generation of scouts? To play the game with a purpose while honing your own scout skills? Learning new things? Making friends? Having fun? And making some money too? If so, Skymont Summer Camp needs you. We're now hiring youth and adult staff for our 50th year of scout camp. And we want to talk with you about joining our golden anniversary team. To apply, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com and fill out a summer staff application today. Youth leadership in our area starts as young as kindergarten, and it's called Cub Scouts. With lots of fun activities like camping and hiking and team games and shooting bows and arrows and so much, much more. Parents, you can log on to CherokeeAreaBSA.com and learn how your kindergartner through fifth grader can join the journey of a lifetime. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. Our guest today is uh, truly a pleasure for me to have uh, here on the show because I have known Corky for quite some time. Uh, He's a businessman and entrepreneur that I've always looked up to. And uh, we could actually probably do an hour or two with Corky today and still not even scratched the surface but anyway that is the one and only corky coker of chattanooga hello corky hey sean thanks for having me on guys good to be with you um you know i'm tickled to death to be here with you sean and i went to different high schools together 
and uh, different years, different yeah. years, and <laughs> you know our families uh, got you know oil and grease under our fingers, and um, they're a great family. And uh, Sean's had a lot of fun doing racing stuff, and uh, Kyle with him, and talking about all mm-hmm. the stuff that going ud and ud and going fast. And yeah. I'm just here to talk about um, enjoy. I will enjoy talking about some value th- things, Chattanooga and boy scouts um you know it's close to my heart you know it's good stuff it's what Amer- what makes americans really good so corky when i think of you and your family i think of your uh, father harold Cor- Cor- yeah. corker that yeah. uh, uh, uh he was a county a commissioner yeah he was county commissioner yeah. and and of course uh, the founder of coker tire that's right and uh i i remember learning about him uh, when i was young and learning it what an outstanding man he was and you just sort of fell right in his footsteps i did i did i have a younger brother david that uh, was in the business as well and i know you had a uh, you have a brother that was in the business for a while he's uh, you know he went to the dark side with uh, politics but you know politics is good my dad also went to politics and ran for congress and and uh 1988 and uh, but my dad uh, my dad was a, a really wonderful man I miss him still he's been gone about nine years now and mm-hmm. uh, uh, we've been involved in, he taught me about how important it is to be involved in the community and do things for the community because to whom much is given much is expected and um, you know it's uh, it's important to remember who brung you to the dance he would always say mm-hmm it's really true so you followed in the footsteps of him in coker tire company coker right. tire company was founded in what year? 1958 it was founded and um, uh, my dad uh, started the business in athens tennessee halfway between here in chattanooga and knoxville tennessee and uh he started in the retread business next door to a guy that was the bf goodrich dealer and all the goodrich guys would come through and just he got they got to know my dad and he was a territory rep first and then he started this this capping business next door to pinky list tire store there in athens tennessee so uh the bf goodrich company offered him the territory in chattanooga so we moved to chattanooga in 1961 and um we were car guys my grandfather pop coker um was uh, was uh, the guy that got us into collector cars and we uh then um uh started selling vintage tires and when i came back from college i didn't finish college he my dad said come you come back from college you're making all b's in college i'm tired of that and it was babes and banjo and beer <laughs> and i want you to come and start doing something worthwhile uh-huh. so i took this vintage tire business and made it go and then you turned it into a worldwide international business largest in the world from right here in chattanooga tennessee yeah talk about that for just a moment because i I think there's probably a lot of people in chattanooga that doesn't know that piece of history yeah it um you know we my dad said you need to go to this one show and you know of course i being a 22 year 23 year old young buck that i'm not going to listen to anything my dad says i'm going to be smarter than him i'm going to work harder than him and show him that i am worth his you know attention you know and i wanted 
you know, us young men always want our fathers to say well done. And that's what drove me. I really wanted my father to say, wow, well done, son. So I started selling tires, developing tires. I've traveled all over the world, finding molds, uh, developed a a distributorship in about 50 different countries around the world. We attended um, in our heyday uh, of uh, the vintage car shows and swap meets and uh, concourse all over the nation. We did about 120 a year. Uh, that's only 62, you know, well, 52 weeks uh, mm-hmm. a year. So we had n- a number of uh, different divisions going around. But um, we we ended up with about 1,600 tire sizes and um, had 10 businesses under the Coker Group and uh, developed a, a wheel production facility in Los Angeles. And um, it grew to be a pretty big business. We shipped two tractor-trailer loads of vintage tires from our warehouse on Rossville Avenue every day. Yeah. Oh, and wow. To individuals. So, um, and you turn on television, you watch, uh, or you watch Yellowstone, you'll see a 1911 Thomas rolling on tires that came from right here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Do you remember the Friday? It was a Friday I came down and spent four or five hours with you and sort of you, you toured me through your offices. I sort of hung out with you. We went and had lunch. This is going back probably eight or nine years ago. Right. And I remember you talking about you guys were in like 75 or 80 different magazine publications. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Operation California, one in Pennsylvania. Yep. And I remember you making comments. He says, you know, not everybody wants a Coke or tire. Yeah. They they may want <laughs> they may want this flavor or that yeah. flavor. Well, they can have that flavor, too. That's right. But. We we still own them all. Yeah, yeah. you know one one thing I learned I learned uh, from my dad he would he would notice my lack of humility often and he said you need boy you need to go take your mom's humble he wouldn't say humble he said humble one oh one so that you can learn how you know it's not always about you etc. So I did buy one of my competitors and I just started thinking about it and I decided that I'm not going to tell anybody I bought it. I'm not going to hide the fact. If somebody direct asked me directly, I would tell them. But and so consequently, there were people that would get angry with Coker Tire because we had people serving them and they made mistakes and whatever. And so they would get real angry and said, I'm going to make you pay. I'm going to go over here to Universal Tire and buy from them. And I said, oh, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> As he shakes and rubs his hand together, something like money. I remember that yeah. us having this conversation because you had bought out all your competition. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. And then you owned all these patents on all these yeah. antique tires. Yeah, but you know the the thing that my father taught me, though, guys, is that um, you know if you do something that you love, absolutely love, number one, you won't you'll never work a day in your life. And if you serve people, give them a fair, pro, I mean, a fair price on an excellent product, and then just serve them through the roof the best that you can be then business will flock to you and that's what happened mm-hmm. you know when we sold the business we had the reputation that um you know no matter what coker would take care of you if you had a tire problem and we did you know i became a lawyer and i became a fireman and i became a babysitter and you know I, but i came i became a 
a lover of people. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always said that car people are the best people <clears throat> in the world, but it's not really that. It's just that um, it's like, you know, when um, a young man comes and says, hey, I, I, I want to find a good wife. And, you know, it comes to mind that, you know, how you find a good wife, young man? You become a good husband. Yeah. You become the man that a good wife would want to marry. And that's, you know, that's about Boy Scouts, too, Clayton. That's, you know, it, it, about being prepared. Well, how do you be prepared? You know, how, you know, being prepared for what? To be a good man, to be a proud American, to be a proud Chattanooga, to be a, a wonderful member of society that, um, you know, honors God and, and those sort of things. Well, you, you try hard to become that man. Now, I would add another little thing about doesn't hurt doesn't hurt to read the word of god because that is truth don't yeah. mess around with what people tell you mm-hmm. you learn truth from the truth itself mm-hmm. and you know i i really have a strong affinity for you know thanks for having me here about boy scouts too because um you know i i was a i i am a silver beaver i don't know if you knew that i think i did mention it to you, you when we you met. mentioned to me when we met the yeah. first time we met yeah. once yeah hmm. and uh we're very proud about that yeah yeah, Silver Beaver is kind of the highest award that you can win or you can be awarded for uh, volunteer duty. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yeah. It's Kyle a is a Silver Beaver. Really? He just one, he yeah. just earned it. Just got uh, a wow. just last year. Well, congratulations, Thank my brother. You. Yes, sir. Absolutely. So um, the other thing that I will tell you about Boy Scouts is um, that um, those young men that have – met the qualifications and reached the goal of Eagle Scout, that is something to be very proud of. And nobody would be more proud than most mamas because at a teenage years of 15 and 16, you know, they're interested. It's either, you're either smelling exhaust fumes or perfume. <laughs> you're not thinking about what service am I going to be to mankind and what, what my service project to be to get my eagle. But uh, so mamas push them and say, son, now, you know, and daddies do too. But, I, you know, my wife, Miss Teresa, just, she deserved that pin that they put on mama, you know, when my son Cameron was awarded the Eagle Scout. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's I've I've jumped well, really, ahead of you, Sean. No, no, moved, I, that I, moved out into Boy Scout. So no, no I'm glad you did. Right. Um, it really. I was gonna say, you know, it really is. I, I don't think people understand. You know, I wasn't involved in Boy Scouts when I was a kid. I never right. got a chance. My dad's an Eagle Scout. Never asked me if I wanted to be one. That's kind of crazy, right? Kind of the opposite yeah. of, of your situation, right? And uh, but you know, you go and you look at even some of the basic initial ranks of scouting. Sure. Like I think second class. I was for for whatever reason, I was looking at second class rank, which is just down towards the bottom. You're just getting your feet wet still. I think it was twenty different requirements. Yeah. For second class, and you know, I got to thinking in the world today. What programs say, hey, if you want to be good, just like, you know, at the beginning, we're going to need you to do these 20 things. That's, kind of, that's a lot. That's a lot of things. And so, you know, I think all those achievements and how they build up and how they work towards the Eagle right. Scout rank 
are really significant. And surely you've got some good memories of some of your favorite activities oh, you got yeah. to do. Oh yeah, you know, it wasn't achieving those 20 things for second class. You know, I think, I think um, the Boy Scouts were really brilliant when, you know, when came together in England. Yeah, mm-hmm. in England. And, um, you know, having these things about, you know, on my honor, I'll do my best to do my duty to God and my country. And, you know, but they cheated. Boy Scouts cheated because they dangled this little deal about, yeah, you, we can go out and go backpacking. We can go out and camp and we can go and be outdoors. When I became of age that I, you know, came into Boy Scouts, man, I wanted to be outside and I wanted to be barefooted if I could be, <laughs> but um, running and doing stuff outside. And that's, they didn't cheat, but it was, you know, just with the opportunity to go be with men that really wanted to, you know, do the right thing for getting young men involved in Boy Scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I was very attracted to it and loved it. Um, well, because I was an outdoor sort of guy. One thing that I remember from my days as a Boy Scout is, you know, you go and you have all this fun in the outdoors, and right. what you don't realize until years later is the the leadership skills that you're learning while you're there. That's right. Like, I think I was in my 30s before I realized, hey, the reason I am the man that I am today is because of my time that I spent in Boy Scouts. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah, and to add to that regarding uh, Corky here, Corky, you served as chairman of the board of SEMA. I did. I did. So explain what SEMA is, and and then I want to add to that. Well, SEMA is the Specialty Equipment Market Association. It's a $40 billion industry association that houses and supports and lifts up and directs the, the automotive aftermarket. And in fact, at the SEMA show that we host every year in Las Vegas, everybody that's anybody does that. And since that, it's the largest largest, automotive show of its kind in the world. In the world, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been to it. Of course, Corky's been there up teen years, but uh, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's amazing thing, and it's interesting that you know it started out of um, guys that were building race cars. And they wanted to go fast because they came back from World War II, and they had worked fixing tanks and Jeeps and all that sort of stuff and had some mechanical knowledge. Instead of going, you know, to work, whatever, they just loved doing this stuff. And they would buy 32 Fords and hop them up and drive them out on the, in the, on the lake beds and race them and that sort of thing. So. They developed a cottage industry, and most about anybody, Vic Edelbrock, uh, is uh, you know Isky, those guys developed their businesses that became multi-million dollar businesses in their basement or out of the back of their you know. So those guys started from passion, which is really something that Boy Scouts learn, you know, working together, leading, being prepared for whatever it takes to do what it uh, takes to make a business uh, excel. But SEMA is, uh, you know, there's uh, 7,000 member businesses. Uh, It's about 2 million square feet of trade show space at the SEMA show. Um, We've since bought the, uh, the, the, the racing show in Indianapolis since then. And, uh, 
that uh, is where you know SEMA came from, actually, from all the racing manufacturers that wanted to come together and talk about the people they were extending credit to and making sure that everybody kind of got paid and, yeah. and uh, developed a business. And since then, you know, there's some interesting things that I learned, and I learned that um, I wanted to pay back. So I spent like 20 years on the board growing up. I was the first guy in the automotive restoration market that came from collector cars hmm. to become SEMA chairman of the board. Um, and, uh, you know, since um, and during that period of time, I, I was able to secure Honest Charlie Speed Shop and Honest Charlie Garage. And um, we uh, started restoring cars. And, you know, just I, I think car people are some of the best people in the world. And, you know, I, I just have, have got to be sure that most all of them have some kind of Boy Scout heritage in, yeah. their, in their background. Well, I, I wanted to bring up SEMA because that's a huge, huge deal. People, right. I've always thought that people in Chattanooga, uh, if if it wasn't the best kept secret, the people that did know about it had no idea. Right. You serving as chairman of the board, yeah. just how big that really was. A Chattanooga and a guy that grew up right here in our in our yeah. neighborhood, yeah, served in that position, and I I always really admired you for that. Well, I I was I was also. Uh, you know, fortunate to be uh, nominated and elected into the SEMA Hall of Fame, and you know, I, I I tell my told my son and my daughter that I was put in the SEMA Hall of Fame because I had a big ugly mustache. You know, but, <laughs> but I, I, I also have I also have an NHRA Wally, but that one really was for having the biggest ugliest mustache. <laughs> but uh, because uh, I didn't I didn't race at that time. But uh, SEMA is really something. Um, you know, uh, Honest Charlie Card was mm-hmm. the second inductee into the SEMA Hall of Fame. And he basically was the first to have, and they were right close to here, just down the street on Honest Street, right next to the end of the run. Right uh, here the, off the Chattanooga Airport, airport runway. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, we've got a great heritage with Jolie Johnson and NASCAR fame and, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a, a lot of, our NASCAR heroes are right in here locally, and of course they all hauled moonshine back in the day. But, <laughs> but, you know. So quirky, yeah. so quirky. yes, sir. Yes, talked about the speed shop. You're talking sure. about tweaking things, right? Taking old things, make them new. Taking new things, make them look old. Did you ever do any work on Pinewood Derby cars in Absolutely. the shop? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You got any favorite uh, favorite recollections? Well, I, you know, I I do remember. You know, getting disqualified because I did some, I broke some rules. <laughs> you know, you, you just show him the patent. You, you showed him you had the patent, you right? Can't, you can't do that, son. I'm sorry, you can't do that. And but um, you know, that's what racing's about, though, isn't it? There's some really find that gray area. Yeah, you find uh-huh. no, you find where the line is, and you go and stick your toe over it, uh-huh. and see, and then look around, see if anybody saw you stick your toe over it. Yeah. You know, I know guys that have put gasoline through the through the frame rails of nascars in order to get another mm-hmm. gallon and a half of gas and that would win races well, that was back in the day when that, richard petty had a two by four that he had to hold on to in the corners <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah you need to come sean you need to come down to my office and see um 
uh, Jolie Johnson's 57 Chevrolet convertible that won the 59 convertible championship. I didn't know you had that. Yes, sir. It's in my in my shop. Is it in your museum? It's in my museum. It's okay. it was you know Jolie won that you know and he would race in the convertible on Saturday and then bolt the top on it and then race the big race on Sunday. He won the first ever 600. He did at Charlotte. Yeah. 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 Wow. You know who came through yeah. town the other day, Sean? That was a that was a great surprise and it was in the middle of winter, um, December, I think it was cold as a whiz. Uh Bobby Allison came through town. Oh really? Yeah, oh, and we, we part of the cel- Alabama game. Yeah, ce- celebrated him um in uh, about the Chattanooga Motor Car Festival and we were gonna be around his car because his local guy has one of his cars and and it was cold that morning. So um I came down real quick and I was talking to him and, and, and others and he was gonna go out and be in front of his car and get picture taken and yeah. he didn't come with a coat you know being from la lower alabama he didn't oh, come yeah. with a coat so i sent kendall <laughs> down down the street to get an honest charlie jacket and i just said here mr allison i'd love for you to have this. <laughs> but you better wear it that's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> huey alabama yeah where the huey Allisons alabama are from. yeah, yeah. Well, hey, now that we bring up the Motor Car Festival, that's yes. actually something that you've been involved with over the years I here have in Chattanooga Kyle. as well. I have, Kyle. It's um, it's a great honor to be with my friend, uh, my friends Byron and Ken DeFore and help them. And my, also my friend Ken Gross, who helps us put together our, our uh, field for the concourse. I've got a fun event coming this year in the 2023 Motor Car Festival. I've challenged all my friends that have Mercer's, and Stutz Bearcats to compete against each other on our racetrack. We mm-hmm. our racetrack will all be on the Bend property this year. Oh, and, cool! Uh, it's one point six two miles, so it's very curvy, which gives an advantage to the Mercers. They're a little more nimble. Mm-hmm. They got lots of horsepower. I've got one of each, so I, you know. But anyway, it's it's uh, so there's yeah. there's a motive there. There's a motive there. Yeah, but um, this year in the motor car festival, it's the second week of October. So put it on your calendar. You got to be there. Uh, we've got the uh, the best of the best Ferraris. Uh, our friend uh, Mr. Marriott, J.W. Marriott, is lent his name to a special club we're putting together of high-end i mean very high-end ferraris they'll be on display Mm -hmm. we've got all the mercers and stutz is coming um that sounds like a double uh plural stutz (laughs) is coming (laughs) anyway they're all coming in and we'll have uh auctions down at the trade center and they I i think dana has put off his chicago event that was came head to head against chattanooga last year because chattanooga is so good mm-hmm. and um we'll have rally canosa rally in town we've got uh you know our big event and we're gonna have some big concerts i can't tell you who yet but i, I might whisper it to you later uh saturday night and sunday night of the chattanooga motor wow that's look awesome. forward to that yeah so well, where can people go for more info for you, that you go to chattanoogamotorcar.com okay yeah chattanoogamotorcar.com we're approaching a, a close in our conversation but i i couldn't let you get out of the studio without letting uh jared and kyle be aware that they're in the studio with a former national television celebrity. <laughs> oh, I know that. So yeah. talk about that for just a moment. Yeah, I had a television show. In fact, I've got six episodes already of another show going forward. Oh, wow. You know, but um, we, 
we uh, were approached to do a car show based on Honest Charlie Garage and building and restoring cars, finding um, old cars and barn finds on the back roads of America. And we did that for uh, one season. Travel Channel determined before they even started that they didn't want to be in the car market. They do, you know, hot dogs and, you know, somebody that eats all the, you know, you know these these big challenges mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff and travel but um so uh it had great nielsen ratings but we did 13 episodes called Backroad gold and it was really fun i i found something and in, i watched every single one yeah of them. The I, best, I used to have a bunch of them saved on my yeah. dvr till my dvr went out so <laughs> the, the most fun one was i found a car my dad restored a 48 chrysler town and country for a guy and uh, it was in a storage unit here. And the lady called and to Coker Tire and said, hey, can I speak to Mr. Coker? Because she found in her um, dead husband's records a note about this town and country Chrysler. <laughs> and that you know, it said, I, you know, his name would, you know, would give Harold Coker the first right. So she said, can I speak to Mr. Coker? Now he had long since retired and was home. And um, so I found out what she wanted and she wanted to give me this car. And I wouldn't, I went and looked at it, wouldn't let her give it to me. I paid her for it. But then I showed it to my dad and he said, yeah, I remember that car. We restored that car for him. And it had been 40 years prior. Mm -hmm. So we restored it and at the end of the show, I gave the keys to him and gave it to him. And you could see the camera shake a little bit because my dad was crying so much that the it made the camera guy cry. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was it was really I, wonderful. I had forgotten about that episode, but I, I do remember yeah, that. Yeah. That yeah. was an emotional episode yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, hey, I remember even before that, was it American Pickers? I saw oh, yeah. 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 I, I, Mike, a Mikey's Ford, a good friend. A Ford tractor sign that yeah, you got, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some old Buick signs. And I, I beat Mike Wolf on out of one car. He, he just bought a, a 1919. Uh, air-cooled franklin and he just sent it to me he said get it running so i knew what he meant to say was get it running and driving so it's usable Mm -hmm. but i didn't want to do that because he was going to spend too much money so i just got it running i had a tank hanging next to the engine so when he came to see it he's ready to film the episode i i started i did what he said i got it running i started it for him and it runs good but it needs tires it needs linkages it needs wheels and you know we're gonna have to build a set of wheels <laughs> uh-huh. for it and that sort of stuff so uh, i said but i you don't need to spend that money but i know somebody's gonna buy it and i you know i'd watched or he had told me how much he gave for it so you know that's not a good thing to let your potential buyer know how much you <laughs> know gave how for much it. you gave that's for not it. very uh-huh. smart so so uh, I said, I, I know this. I know I know somebody that'll give you eight thousand dollars for it, and he'd given seventy five hundred for it or something like that. And he said, No, I can't do that. I I paid to give it down here and got to pay you. And I said, Well, we'll work on that. But you know, okay, eighty two hundred bucks. 
and uh he said well you t- you tell that guy he got a steal and i said i don't have to you just did <laughs> he said oh dang Corky, you got me again <laughs> so you got to be prepared the, the fr- you got in you always make your money when you buy too yeah mm-hmm. i remember the phrase was barn fine yeah that's right that was what you were known for it, yeah. it, that you always said in your shows was barn fine that's it that's it so, that's it yeah. so so I, I i always ask all of our guests sure corky is there a favorite outdoor experience of scouting that you remember that mm-hmm. just sticks out as that's that's the memory well, I, I loved backpacking, and I loved taking my son backpacking. And, you know, he, he, his idea of heaven would be backpacking. So my son is in heaven right now, so he's got his he's got his Rockley boots on or whatever it was he wore. But um, I remember doing 50 milers in, uh, on the Appalachian Trail with the Boy Scouts and getting – big old blisters and <laughs> and uh you know just having wonderful times uh, sleeping out i i you i used to take a uh you know what a blowgun is little darts yeah. you know a little tube and you have a mouthpiece on them and you put the dart in there you know put it through the mouthpiece and then you could just shoot those things in the in the shelters in the smoky mountains the rats would run the sh- and you would see them so i would lay on my sleeping bag <laughs> and go like that and you know i'd miss once or twice but then i'd pin that mouse or rat to the wall and that was a lot of fun <laughs> quirky the, quirky the ma- mouse killer <laughs> well that is yeah i can't top that yeah. wow that's yeah. great i got lots of lots of stories and you know my good friend barry ligan was the scout master at at uh, troop 30 uh here in the cherokee area council and i have lots of fond memories of friends that uh that i grew up around and grew up with and you know i i remember one guy at a camporee um propped a board up on a big old wood pile and he started doing backflips to the ground off of this and i was just amazed and i thought well, I need to get in better shape. <laughs> I need I need to start so, doing so. So you were in scouting yourself? Yes, sir. It sure was. Did you ever make uh, it to the rank of Eagle Scout? No, sir. I did not. I I succumbed to the the fumes of automobiles. But then your son, you worked with your son. So you yes. had a son and a daughter, right? And and you you must have been after you found out your son had an interest in scouting. You must have been very excited. Yeah, I was very excited, and and uh, he loved scouting. You know, two things that he would say were impacted him the most and he was most proud of and that was graduating from macaulay school because he got such an education there that um, you know he probably played and went backpacking the whole time he was at carson newman instead of studying because he learned so well at macaulay school but the other thing that he was so proud of was being an eagle scout and he he was you know i'm it almost makes me you know get emotional about it because he's uh uh, he was a proponent for Boy Scouts. So I just started scouting with my son. Right, sure. Theodore, he's a yep. lion cub. These guys sitting here, you guys oh, yeah. have heard way too much about it already. Yeah. Cub Master Kyle here has helped me a lot because cool. I'm a den leader, so I'm helping mm-hmm. other people. But yep. I'm interested, uh, Corky, if there's parents out there mm-hmm. that are kind of on the fence and they're like, hey, you know, scouting, I kind of like it, but you know, I don't know if it's a great fit for our family. How would you encourage them? 
our country's at a crossroads. We pit people against each other. And, uh, you know, what could we not do better to create integrity, to create leadership skills, to desire, you know, to show, you know, your your friends that you can do something than, you know, a baseball team scouting and you know, I, I think it's I think it's a, a wonderful thing to get your kids involved in. Um, there's so much, and I would say, um, you know, when I was growing up, it was an automatic almost that you went to scout and you were going to be in scouts. Um, my dad was a scoutmaster, not when I was in, but um, because he, you know, had started this business and he was going you know, working, traveling. But it's a worthwhile endeavor to be involved with, be the den leader, cub, uh, den leader, um, you know, to be a scoutmaster, to be just help and just go and be on the, the camping trips. It's a memory that you never forget, you know, being with your child, seeing them go through. I saw my son picked on and I saw him grit you know, and just, um, <clears throat> you know, he he had a smart mouth. No, not that, not that. It wasn't a smart mouth. He was he was inquisitive, and he would always, because his mind raced so fast, he was very bright, and he would say the wrong thing sometimes, and he was chastised for it, but it gave him character. And, you know, my son became a really wonderful man that I admire. So. Well, Corky, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Sure, Sean, it's always it is, good to be with you. And it, it, I have missed Master Kyle. I have missed chatting with you. We we haven't seen one another in a few years, yeah. and I really admire the man you are. And well, thank you. I know there's a lot of uh, young men and women out there listening today that yeah. are going to be able to come away with some. Uh, good life lessons by you sharing your story so thank you yeah well it's 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 great to be with each of you guys and i wish the best for um for the boy scouts and I wish the best for you and kyle and what you're doing here you looks like you've been working out a little bit more than i've remembered you working out you, <laughs> you sold the business and you just spent your time in the gym i, I, I am trying to stay healthy <laughs> yeah you're you're, you're uh you're, you're pumped up pretty big man yeah. so uh it's great to be with you congratulations on on your successes here with uh your media company and uh, it's great to always see you don't be a stranger come see me down at the museum and i'll look for you at the chattanooga you and yeah. kyle at the at the uh, chattanooga motor car festival and hey we're that gonna we're gonna have to have you back for another segment because we've only scratched the surface right well, well you know what i was thinking i was thinking if he's really good friends with mike wolf man i bet mike's i, I bet you he has some incredible scouting stories oh mm-hmm. i bet he does uh I you bet know he does. well I, and I, I bet you he'll sell you some scouting memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when Jared told me that he had asked you or uh, had put together. Said, oh, not that guy. You, you coming on, I thought, the first thing I thought is, I thought, Jared has no idea the man he just got to be on this podcast. Yeah. So it's been a true pleasure. Yeah. All right, it's time for us to take a quick break. For Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. Hey folks, I'm Michael Walton here with your Outdoor Minute. 
One of the ways you can practice the outdoor code and reduce waste at your campouts and events is to compost both food waste and disposables if you have to have them. You can help a scout or a whole den start a backyard compost pile, or you can get a bucket from New Terra Compost and drop it off at one of their convenience centers. Their industrial compost facility can break down meats, dairy, fish, and those plastic-looking compostable items that won't break down in your backyard pile. Plus, New Terra's co-founder, Norm, is a fellow Eagle Scout. If you have any tips for practicing the outdoor code, send an email or voice file to info at greenspaceschattanooga.org, and you might be on our next Outdoor Minute. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Area, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. Gentlemen, the only word I can think of is wow. Yeah. What a conversation. <laughs> and I don't feel like we even scratched the surface oh, with didn't. him. I mean, yeah. he's such an incredible guy and has lit, led just an amazing life just to... Uh, all the things that he has done like i can only imagine living a life like that <laughs> yeah you know I, I i realize that maybe some of our listeners today didn't find some of the conversation that i initiated especially related to the sema organization to maybe be that important but i the reason i wanted to bring that up is because Corky has that kind of reputation credibility and high integrity because those are huge, huge honors that are far bigger than Chattanooga or Tennessee. Uh, I mean, those are national and international positions. And he lends a lot of credibility to his youth in scouting to the man that he is today and the man that he has been as a businessman and entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, no no question. And I'm always fascinated and, and you hear gentlemen and, and women like that, they'll recount, you know, they're, they're involved in so much, right? They're everywhere all the time. So it's not uncommon that some of their favorite scouting memories are, are the small, quiet experiences, you know, like in that shelter on the Appalachian Trail or, mm-hmm. uh, or just sleeping out under the stars or, or what have you. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're lucky to have people like that in this community for sure. Well, gentlemen, we keep raising the bar on the guest. What I mean, you, you, you're going to have to just bring in bigger guests each month. <laughs> <laughs> Why are y'all looking at me? <laughs> you guys are looking at me. Well, our, well, I, will, I will say guest scheduler. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I will say that um, you know, last month, uh, you know, having the guest uh, for the parks, I, I got several t- actual text messages from scout leaders. You know, saying, wow, this was an incredible and it was interesting. And so we certainly would love to uh, to continue that. And uh, thank you, Sean and Kyle, for producing and hosting. You know, that we wouldn't have this podcast if it wasn't for you guys. Hey, man, it's a blast. Yeah, we love it. 
absolutely and hey to you the listeners we are looking for ideas for guests so at any point in time feel free to hit us up message us uh, on the scout on chattanooga facebook page or you can send it on the cherokee area council facebook page as well just uh, reach out to us and let us know maybe some guests that you would like to see on upcoming uh, episodes jared before we uh, wrap up today's uh, show uh any f- any breaking news anything that we need to leave folks with in the scouting community well i'll tell you i think that something has now happened which has not happened to me in my entire scouting career as a professional and that is that you know kyle will resonate with this we've just wrapped up our recharter cycle which is when we you know we build up through the year right and we build 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 and there's youth joining and, and adults joining and then at the end of the year, that's kind of like when we take a snapshot, we say, okay, well, that's that's the height of scouting, and we're at X number. And last year, we were 16% up in youth membership compared to prior year. And then you go through this recharter cycle, which is really just people quitting, right? It's, it's realizing, you know, the when people, some people quit earlier, but it's when the units all get back and they say, all right, you know, here's who's actually continuing, and we kind of know our low point. Okay, and so we at the end of the year have a high point, and then March first is our low point. March first, and that's when we know that's that's the lowest number, and then we build back through the rest of the year in the fall as people join scouting. And so we ended last year. I mentioned sixteen percent membership growth. It's very very common that when you go through the recharter cycle, you lose growth rate, but we actually ended recharter at the same growth rate that we ended last wow. year. Yeah, wow, right, Kyle? That's I don't think awesome. that's ever happened. Yeah. Uh, as far as, I, not in other councils I've been at or anything, so uh, well done to our scouts and leaders. I think it's indicative that retention is really good, and more importantly, that we're creating vibrant program that is accessible to parents and families, and they wanna be a part of it. So we're actually over, um, I think it's 1,400 youth right now, and uh, so we, we ended at 1936 last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, throughout the year last year, we recruited 800 youth. So even if we just recruited 800 youth this year and it was just exactly the same, I mean, you're, you're talking about another two or 300 total kids involved um, in scouting, which is huge. So mm-hmm. I, I want to say congratulations and kudos to all our scouts and leaders and well done. All right. Cubmaster Kyle, any final words before we go today? No, I don't think I can top that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I hadn't told you that yet. I wanted wanted to be surprised. We do need to say that we're just a couple of weeks, as of this podcast coming out, just a couple of weeks away from our um, Friends of Scouting luncheon that's coming up, Jared. That's right. Thank you for bringing that up. So you can go to cheerkeerbsa.com slash luncheon, and you can actually RSVP for that if you'd like to attend. There's no ticket cost, but we do ask that everyone that attend uh, consider making a pledge of support and so thank you for considering that we've got guest speaker shane beamer university of south carolina head football coach all right that's going to do it for this edition of scout on chattanooga go to the scout on chattanooga facebook page for any suggestions or comments about today's podcast click on the subscribe button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts for jared pickens come master kyle i'm sean whitfield thank you for listening This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. 
To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area. Did you hear that? The outdoors are calling. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Camping, hiking, shooting sports, wilderness survival, and so much more. Your new adventure is waiting for you in a Scouts BSA troop. Go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com to find your path to youth leadership. My name is Jada, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun. We play sports and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a path near you. 